0: Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Hi, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? It is always a pleasure to be here. It is. And uh, Mm -hmm. thank you again to the audience. Terrific numbers for a Monday after Easter yesterday. Yeah. I want to show you something quick. You know, I love my daughters to death. My youngest one is the queen of games. She will make a game out of anything. Anything. (laughs) Guess my favorite color. Guess what number I'm thinking. Guess my favorite animal. Guess my sixth favorite animal. (laughs) So, I mean, yesterday she comes into my office in here in the studio, daddy. I need you to guess my favorite animals. So here's the list. I don't know if you can see some. It's probably getting drowned out by the light. It's but bright. puppies, rabbits, goats, cats, horses, dress. No, Daddy, those aren't my favorite animals. You got, you got the first two right, but piggies, dolphins, and penguins. Dude, I love this kid. She's the cutest thing ever. So, uh, all right, I got some really. I got a stack show Man. for you today. There was some priceless video content. Poor Joe and Paula have been working their butts off of this from this CNN town hall. Uh, and when I say priceless I mean disgusting from the Democrats running for president it ranged from outright lies Woo. to just pure unadulterated insanity <laughs> I am not kidding stay tuned for that and a killer hit by Lindsey Graham on uh, the Hannity show which vindicates everything we've been talking about mm-hmm. alright you know is that a tease or what I'm not, you're not going to be disappointed today's show brought to you by our buddies at my Patriot Supply let me ask you something What are you doing when you prepare? You insure your house, right? You insure your car. You insure your health. You install antivirus software. You put smoke detectors in your house. You're preparing. That's what you're doing. You're preparing in advance. You're not waiting for an emergency. You're preparing to ensure your computer isn't hacked, that you can escape a fire in your house. God forbid it were to break out. This makes sense for building a uh, food insurance plan as well go to my friends at my patriot supply why would you not ensure your food supply that makes no sense ensure your food supply god forbid something happens i was reading this article today on drudge about a carrington event or something like that uh with the uh, with the interaction of uh, cosmic rays with the aurora borealis no huh? seriously and how this event could wipe out the electrical grid <laughs> it's on drudge right now if you think i'm making this up god forbid the food supply for 3 4 months was disrupted what would you do the best way to prepare is with my patriot supply. Grocery shelves would be empty. You know it. I've been encouraging you to do this for years. I live in a hurricane zone. Everybody does this down here. A two-week food kit is a must-have, and it's a great way to start. Order a few at a special price of only $75 when you go to my special website, preparewithdan.com. These food kits include meals that last up to 25 years in storage. Prepare yourself so there are no surprises. Preparewithdan.com. That's preparewithdan.com preparewithdan.com go check it out. All right, let's go. So last night, CNN's town hall degenerated into a they had I think five candidates there, Buttigieg, mm. Harris, uh Amy Klobuchar, Bernie Sanders. Degenerated into a series of absurdities. Uh I had a tough time distilling it down to clips and stuff. But on a very serious note, um I'm not I'm not going to play the video clip from cuz it's all over and you're going to see it on TV and I've got mm-hmm. a couple other ones I want to get to. But Bernie at one point, Bernie Sanders, is asked a question by an audience member about giving felons the right to vote while they're in jail. And the woman in the audience asking the question very respectfully asks, well, what about, you know, basically Savage is a jail like the Boston bomber? And Bernie gives this answer and basically says, yes, like the Boston bomber should have the right to vote. From prison, the one that's still alive. Put up that picture for a moment. This is a photo here, folks, of this savage. I'm not even gonna mention this this disgraceful piece of human waste getting ready to plant a bomb next to an eight-year-old boy hanging on a piece of bike rack there with his parents. On a beautiful day on April 15th, years ago, getting ready to watch the race. It circled. I want to hat tip Jack Pasoba, who put this out there on Twitter. This animal, this human excrement, placed an eight year old, a bomb near an eight year old. By the way, and many others as well. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mean to diminish what happened to them either. Put a bomb filled with shrapnel. Nails, marbles, to penetrate the flesh of innocent human beings in an eight year old child. I want you to remember this. Bernie and his buddies out there want this savage to have the right to vote on what happens to your money, your health care, your community safety. I mean, of all. Listen, there are political fights, and I get it. It's hard to take any kind of political tinge off my show. I think you all know where my ideological allegiances are, folks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But when I, I tell you this from the bottom of my heart and with complete candor. This is... What I'm telling you is not political. In other words, I'm, my goal here is, is is not to hurt Bernie politically. My goal is to hurt Bernie morally and ethically with regular, normal, rational, sane people who have to be looking at this saying that's not us i i listen I, I i get it that may that may somehow that may somehow venture into the political realm but that wasn't my goal my goal with this is that what is happening to our country like i want you to sit on the couch with your kids like you do now and watch some of this stuff and look at your 7 year old like my daughter and my 15 year old as well, and say, you know, Isabel, Amelia, what you just heard up there, no matter what you do when you get older, to my daughters, you will find your own political way, I think I've done my best to guide you, but you'll find your own political path later in life. But regardless of what you do and what you vote for and what your politics are, I'm not making a political argument to you right now about this guy, I'm making a moral and ethical argument that that is not us. We in this household and in your household, we don't do stuff like that. We don't support voting rights for people who try to assassinate eight year old kids with shrapnel bombs. I don't care what your kids' names are, Frank, Bobby, Maria, whatever they are, you turn to them at some point. I humbly and requestfully ask, and you explain to them, regardless of what you do later in life, that right there is not who we are. That is not who this country is. That is not who our what our faith represents. That's not what our family represents. That's not what the neighbors in my community represent. That right there is not us. You want to vote Democrat later? Fine. You support whoever you like. But that guy right there, that is not us. Kamala Harris jumped on that bandwagon too. That is savagery. We are civility. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You know Paula, when we go out today for the show and we end, can you throw that picture up again? I just want people to see that picture again um youtube.com slash Bongino if you want to just check it out but it's on my twitter as well and i think i described it pretty well for you i want people to remember that you want that guy voting for president what a disgrace gotta be kidding me All right. Speaking of um, insane videos, basically everywhere liberals take over, they wind up burning the place down. Now, Joe (laughs) knows this very well, living right outside of Baltimore City, where there hasn't been a Republican elected to the city council in Baltimore, Joe, since 1939. Yeah, something like that. Um, They haven't had a Republican governor since Agnew, uh, Spiro Agnew, (laughs) um, excuse me, Republican mayor, forgive me, uh, since, uh, since Spiro Agnew wherever liberals monopolize a place and monopolize political power, you can expect the economy, the healthcare care system, uh, the education system, the transportation system, the roads and the bridges to have significant problems. It's just the way liberals are. Yep. Big government carries with it big problems. Big government, big problems. Small government, small problems. I live in Florida where government, relatively speaking, relative to the population of the state is very small. And the state is run very efficiently. I know that because I live here mm-hmm. well it's not just that they ruin the healthcare system the education system and uh the economy of the places they monopolize san francisco right now is being turned in live time into one big outhouse oh this is one of the more disgusting maps you will ever see. I want to play a video clip here. Uh, and You can hear the audio of local broadcasters in San Francisco documenting a um, human waste map, we'll call it, of people defecating in the street. This is not a, ladies and gentlemen, this is not an no. SNL skit. This is a real news clip, right, Joe? I sent yeah. it to you. Paul. has it too. This is a real news clip of a human waste. For those of you listening on audio, please check out the video later if you want to see it. There's a, vi- a a photo of the human waste map. It is horrifying. Play this cut. A new map shows just how dirty the streets of San Francisco were becoming. The map shows all the locations where human waste have been reported on San Francisco streets over the last eight years. So take a look and you'll see it's Pretty uh, disgusting to we look at. To
1: like well, brown it socks. kind of
0: makes the point, right? We've had more than 118,000 <laughs> instances of human race reported to the city. That includes an all time high of more than 28,000 cases just last year. Eesh. The map was put together by the data company, the Open Book. The neighborhoods with the most cases include the Tenderloin, South of Market. Mission District, Portrower Hill, and the Financial District. I've never,
1: like, winced looking at a graphic. Like, yeah. where you're like, hell,
0: that. Nah. <laughs> Joe, <laughs> the Tenderloin? Yeah. I was unfamiliar with this neighborhood in San Francisco, but that certainly gives the Tenderloin a new meaning, doesn't it? I'll tell you what, Listen, Dan. Listen, for you residents of the Tenderloin, I feel for you, brothers and sisters. I really do. I'll tell well, you I'm what, Dano. What power to the poople. Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it must be. Yes, they see Now... The map, folks, it's it has pin drops, colored in conveniently brown. The map is what would you say, Joe? Two thirds covered in brown pin drops. Yes, it's with some it's black sections gross. where it's really concentrated. Yeah, <laughs> where yeah, right, right, where it's really right where the overlap is so heavy, yeah. the brown is turned black, folks. This is liberalism at its at its, at its oh, finest and dude. by its finest, I mean it's worst. Wherever they monopolize power oh. and there is the big government takes over and there is no accountability whatsoever. this is what you get. I, I just wanted to throw that in there, um, because it, it it's just so epidemic and and yet liberals will continue to swear that they're in it for the little guy. You have a place like San yeah. Francisco with a nearly endless pool of wealth, Joe, endless pool of wealth from Silicon Valley up there and all these tech companies that can't even manage to clean the streets of human waste. It is unbelievable. It makes you wonder, like, what are people doing? What are people doing? Like, can you even, Joe, I know where where you live. I lived up there. Can you imagine, like, driving down the street and some guys, like, dropped trowel on the corner, the cops would be on that in a minute. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, I can't even imagine that. Like, you're coming out of the gym, and you're like, you look to your left, you're at the traffic light, you're waiting for the turn signal, oh, oh, there's a guy. Oh, oh uh, what, what is he doing? Is that guy flexing his hip adductor muscles? Is he doing deep squats? Wow. Wait, wait. Why is the upper portion of his pants looked that skin color white? What is that? Does his <laughs> pants have a crack in the back? Wait, that's a caboose. Is that his butt? Is he squatting? Oh no, he's he's must be. It's a new form of yoga. I get <laughs> it. It's half pants down yoga <laughs> where you swept where you 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 sweep the uh, the ili- the muscles ili- and the adductors. You so he's wait what what is it? Oh oh oh! What is he doing? I can't even imagine this. But in San Francisco, this apparently is an everyday occurrence. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, Libs, don't worry. You're you're in it for the little guy. You're doing a great job managing San Francisco and all that well. Two thumbs up. Nice job. I just did the Joe Joe Biden two thumbs up. (laughs) Two thumbs up. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right, moving on. So last night, Lindsey Graham appeared on Sean Hannity uh, and really kind of dropped a big megaton bomb on the whole Spygate thing, which we've covered extensively. You know what? Let me just play the cut of Graham. And I want to explain to you how us, along with many others, we're not the only ones, appear to have been entirely vindicated. There's no way Graham said what he said on Hannity last night. Lindsey Graham, U.S. senator looking into this without having some knowledge about what's going on behind the scenes. Play that cut.
1: Well, there's before and after the campaign. Before the campaign, I want to find out, did George Papadopoulos, was he working with the Russians, or did they plant in his mind that the Russians had Hillary Clinton's email? In other words, did the knowledge
0: about Russia and the Clinton emails come from somebody other than Russia? Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Lindsay. I'm sitting there with Paula last night. I'm getting ready to do Ingram where I debated Chris Hahn. Uh, Chris tried to interrupt me again last night. I had to put a stop to that. I'm getting tired of that. I, you know, I was like, no, 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 not tonight. Time out. I'm going to finish my point. Thank you very much. Pipe down over there, okay? So I'm getting ready to go on Ingram. And, you know, I, I do them for my office studio. So it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know, 25 feet away from my couch. But I'm watching Hattie. I look at Paula after that Graham appears. I'm like, there it is. We have been vindicated. What have I told you from the start of this case? And I just covered this last week with the unanswered questions section. What are the still open unanswered questions from the whole Obama administration spying scandal? Because that's what that is now. Forget the collusion that's dead. Collusion gate is over. Collusion gate is collusion gate for the media. How they managed to get hoaxed by it. That's the only collusion gate. The real story now is spy gate. And my first book dives deep into this. How, ladies and gentlemen, this was a setup the whole time. There is no way Lindsey Graham, who is on the Senate committee looking into this case, said that last night and just pulled it out of his caboose San Francisco style. (laughs) No way. You like that? (laughs) There's a reason he said that. Folks, if you've been listening to this show for the last year and a half, I told you, and I said last week, this unanswered question: the keys to the kingdom in this case are all centered on Joseph Mifsud and Papadopoulos. The interaction, if you want to rewind, uh, while listening or watching through the show, uh, watching the show that Graham's referring to. Mm-hmm. In April, this Maltese professor, by the name of Joseph Mifsud. Remember the names. I always say that's the key to investigating cases like this. You got, you have to memorize the names because they creep up. Joseph Mifsud meets with George Papadopoulos, who's a Trump team foreign policy advisor at the time. And he is the one who allegedly tells Papadopoulos, this is key about the Russians having dirt on Hillary. Ladies and gentlemen, do you understand this was the Democrats, the FBI, the media, in the Obama administration's entire case, this is it. This is, how is that? <laughs> because just days later, Papadopoulos, this Trump team member, according to the FBI story, and I'm using air quotes because the story is false, tells an Australian diplomat, Alexander Downer, that the Russians have dirt on Hillary. By the way, a story denied by Papadopoulos and Downer. But that's the FBI story, which is nonsense. So therefore, the Democrat version of events in conjunction with their media hack buddies is what? This Russian-connected guy, Mifsud, told the Trump team member about emails, who then passed it on to someone else, a diplomat, and that's how we found out about it, the FBI. That story, ladies and gentlemen, is not true. It's not true. It is false. I'm telling you that Mifsud... I've been telling you for eons now was not a Russian asset with regards to this specific interaction. Ms. Sud's connections are to friendlies, friendly intelligence agencies. I've called this the push pull theory Mm -hmm. that the information was constantly pushed into the Trump campaign about Russians, not from Russians, But from Hillary's people and people connected with friendly intelligence agencies, friendly with the Obama administration, looking to set up the Trump team so that they could pull the information out later. I'm not sure this analogy makes sense. I've used it a lot. And sometimes people email me a little confused. Joe, I hope you get it. If I want to frame Joe, frame him up, for a bank robbery, he didn't commit. I can have someone knock on his door repeatedly. Hey, Joe, you want to do a bank robbery? After like 15 or 16 times where if, if, if Joe says no, if Joe goes to a friend of mine, friend of mine who's working with law enforcement, it says, hey, you know, this guy keeps knocking on my door, but a bank robbery, look, collusion to rob a bank. We got Joe. Right. Meanwhile, Joe's like, what are you talking about? I didn't talk about robbing the bank. This idiot keeps knocking on my door it was a push information into the trump team operation to pull it out later to make the trump team look like middlemen in a conspiracy to cooperate with the russians but ladies and gentlemen in a conspiracy to cooperate with the russians where the trump team were alleged middlemen there have to be some russians where are the russians show Here's me a russian. the russian there's a russian Show me Remember <laughs> yeah. Je- Show Me The Russians We need a phone Jerry Maguire Oh here we go Hold on I got a desk oh, Good is a desk phone Show Me The Russians Yeah Here you hear the da- Show me the Russians Jerry Show me the Russians You remember that scene Oh yeah From Jerry Maguire Show me he's on the phone With Cuba Gooding Jr uh-huh. Rod, Rod, there was this Rod something. I forget. He was the wide receiver for the Cardinals. Show me the Russians. They can't show you the Russians. And Lindsey Graham just nails it last night. He says, in essence, who was Papadopoulos dealing with? Was he dealing with a Russian-connected guy, or was the information pushed into him Forgive me, I forget the exact word to use, but it's the equivalent of pushed into him to be taken out later. A, a a theory based on significant evidence we've been literally pushing to you on this show yep. for a year and a half or more. The Mifsud thing is a setup. He was framed. The Trump team, the Obama team tried to frame the Trump team through Hillary and others in an effort to constantly push information about Russians into the Obama administration, DOJ, and FBI, launder said information to have hopefully the Trump team pull it out later, have the Obama team pull it out later from the Trump team to to portray them as middlemen. Folks, this is... There are many unanswered questions, and I addressed them in Book Two, Exonerated. Which again, I appreciate everybody picking up. Their pre-sales have been incredible, so thank you very much. Mm-hmm. We're almost done with it. The key unanswered questions here: Who were the private contractors in the FISA Court uh, in the FISA Court reveal in April that were probing the NSA database? Was that Fusion? That's what. But the biggest unanswered question at all is who the heck is Joseph Mifsud? If Mifsud is not connected to the Russians, we have the most significant framing entrapment scandal in U.S. history. Maybe the biggest political scandal in U.S. history. Folks, this is a big deal. A huge deal. And when the Mifsuds contacts... Start to come out. This is a lot of the TikTok I believe Hannity's talking about. Mm-hmm. That's when this case is going to get really hairy, because now not only is the whole collusion story a hoax, because there were never any Russians to begin with. Show me the Russians. Not only were there no Russians, no, but people pretending to have contacts with Russians were really connected to our intelligence agencies. Through friendly governments trying to help the Obama administration take out the Trump team, man, is that a dipsy do flipperuski? Is that a scandal turn on its head? Whew. Look, we've got them colluding with the Russians. Actually, you got the Obama administration colluding with Western intelligence agencies to nail the Trump team. What, talk about night and day. That's not just the crime didn't happen. The crime didn't happen, and we exposed the crime. You guys did, the Democrats. Yeah. That's why I said let. Yeah, that's even Chewy knows. Yeah, it. that's why I said last <laughs> night on the Laura Ingram show to Chris on, I'm like Chris, you have no idea how badly this is going to boomerang. Let me before I move on. Let me give you one last piece of advice to the Democrats. There will be no mercy here, no mercy. I did an appearance on the Michael Knowles. He was filling in for Ben Shapiro's show yesterday, mm-hmm. and I was talking with him on the radio. And I said, Noel said to me, you know, do you want to let this go on? Do you, What do you think politically is the better move, to Trump to let it go or to prosecute him? And I said, you know, I'm torn. You might be like, Dan, you're torn. What are you crazy? You wrote the book, Spygate. Exactly. why would you not want to prosecute? I, I'm not saying that. I just told you we should be no mercy. Make no mistake. But I walked through with him. Things we have to legitimately consider. There's a camera guy at Fox I really like. This guy named Dave. And I was getting ready to do a hit on Tucker. And I had this conversation with him. I'm just asking you to think about this. Let's not be liberals and say dumb things like Bernie. I want the Boston bomber to vote. Idiot! What a dope. So stupid. Let's think this through. I, I I told you my conclusion. But your options are this. Does Trump go through 2020? Forget this stuff. Focus on his huge successes, the economy, the courts, getting rid of the individual mandate with Obamacare, regulatory reform, and move on from this. Focus on those issues and potentially sail to re-election. Option two, does he focus on this, even though a lot of people in the American public are tired of, of uh, Russia Gate on the Democrats, they're not tired of the Spygate scandal, and risk alienating some people in the middle? And I said to Michael, it's a fair question to ask. My answer was clear, though. Joe, we've tried this in the past Mm -hmm. where we ceded ground to Democrats thinking, you know what? It's a political advantage for us to let them win on this. Mm. Do you know what I'm talking about, Joe? I'm talking about the culture wars. Yeah. We remember, oh, Joe, abortion. Shh. Let's not talk ah, about that. Yeah. Yeah. Republicans, just stick to the economy, the babies and life and stuff. That's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Terminating life in the womb. Who cares about them paying taxes? They're, they're not alive. Like if we can't defend life, are you kidding me? But that was a legitimate argument. immigration immigration. Don't even open borders. Don't even worry about it. It's free labor. Right. No, it's not free labor. It's not free labor. It speaks to a decimation of the rule of law when anybody anytime can just violate the law while people who come here the right way mm-hmm. and want to contribute to our economy, our culture, our country get sidelined. Well, what does it say to them? My, my own wife who came here legally, like, well, what does it say to her? Hey, you don't know, mind just come here illegally. It doesn't make a difference. We seeded this culture war. Mm-hmm. Remember that? And now what happens? I said to Michael, and he was great on it. I said, what happens is what happened to Michael Knowles. You go on a college campus, the guy was assaulted by a super soaker with a chemical in it that smelled like bleach. It could have been bleach, and then he really would have been in trouble. It's going to have blinded the guy. That really happened. But by the Republican rhinos telling us to seed the culture, well, let's just move on. It's no big deal. Joe, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, it did. The Democrats are not interested in any kind of rapprochement here or some s'mores uh campfire kumbaya singing around the campfire moment they're interested in destroying your political ideology which is bedrocked in freedom and liberty there you go not all of them but the radical left that has taken over their party the bernie sanders let's let the boston bomber vote after he tried to assassinate an eight-year-old boy with a nail shrapnel bomb. They're not interested in the peace pipe. We ceded the culture war, and it blew up in our face. There can be no ceding here. If there's a political penalty and we lose some independence, that's fine. But the Constitutional Republic, Joe, most assuredly cannot survive if we allow the biggest spying scandal and weaponization of our government abilities to spy and enforce the law, if we allow that to be used for political purposes, the constitutional Republic is no more. Yeah. So the answer to the question from my perspective is 100% crystal clear. There will be no mercy. John Brennan, Jim Clapper, Heck, Barack Obama, if we find out he knew about it, everybody, everybody must be penalized under our legal code, not what the liberals did to us, inventing crimes and inventing evidence. No mercy. Zero. All right. It was a good interview yesterday. I appreciate Michael having me on. It was a pleasure. He's a really nice guy. I met him in a green room at Fox. He's a really fantastic guy. He also has one of the funniest books I've ever read. Reasons to Vote Democrat. <laughs> it's a blank book. There's nothing in there. It's a great book, though. I have it on my coffee table inside. <laughs> it's hysterical. People pick it up in my house. They're like, reasons to vote Democrat. Why would you have this? I opened a book. <laughs> There's nothing in there. <laughs> Great idea. Great gift for the holidays. Hey, this interview is brought to you by our friends over at Bravo Company Manufacturing. They make some of the finest firearms out there. They're rifles, their pistols. I love them. They sent me two of them sent him to the local firearms dealer, FFL, where I picked him up. And I kid you not, the guy I deal with over there, uh, I tell this story off because it's true. He said, wow, you're pretty lucky. He said, Bravo Company makes some of the finest rifles out there. He's like, these are really, really nice. He said, you're going to love shooting them. And shooting them is a pleasure. They are uh, really reliable, accurate. They are just some of the finest craftsmanship I've seen in a long time. Check them out. When our founding fathers crafted the Constitution, the first thing they did was ensure the rights of an individual to share ideas without limitation by the government. You know how strongly I feel about freedom of speech. I also feel strongly about personal responsibility, personal safety, and the Second Amendment. Bravo Company Manufacturing is important. This is not a sporting arms company, folks. They design, engineer, and manufacture life-saving equipment. When Bravo Company manufactures a rifle or a pistol, they understand that they could wind up in the hands of a law enforcement officer, a military officer, or a private citizen who, God forbid, may be engaged in a situation where they have to save the lives of themselves or their family. That's on the minds of all of the uh, the employees there at Bravo Company Manufacturing when they're manufacturing their rifles in the heart in Heartland, Wisconsin. They manufacture their rifles to a life saving standard. These are fine pieces of precision equipment. This is not a sporting arts company. I can't say this enough. Bravo Company manufacturer. they always put people before products. They build their products because they feel it's their moral responsibility to provide tools that will not fail you, the end user, when it's not just the paper target, but God forbid someone coming to do you harm. BCM knows they make reliable life-saving equipment. That's only half the story. They work with leading instructors of marksmanship from the top levels of American Special Forces, Marine Corps Force Recon, the Army Special Forces, and they connect them with other Americans. Learn more about Bravo Company Manufacturing and some of the finest rifles and pistols out there. I kid you not. They are really amazing products out there. Head on over to bravocompanymfg.com where you can discover more about their products, special offers, and upcoming news. That's bravocompanymfg.com need more convincing check them out on YouTube go to youtube.com/bravo company usa youtube.com/bravo company usa you will not be disappointed if you're in the market for a rifle or pistol bravo company is the way to go visit bravocompanymfg.com all right all right all right uh so let's say uh, speaking of just the liberal insanity so, uh, gosh, <laughs> Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez at it again uh, Here we go. with another statement. So, right. I mean, I sent you the Joe, Joe, you, I, I know how much uh, Joe has a soft spot for veterans and cops like, yeah. like we do on the show, oh, you know, and listen, if you're willing to put your butt on the line for other people, that's the ultimate form of sacrifice. And you that's bet. why cops and, and, uh, and, and military folks, uh, police officers out there, corrections officers, uh, you know, EMTs, fire department of uh, people work for the fire department. You know, I mentioned yesterday, uh, tradesmen, craftsmen, uh, laborers, and how much you meant to us. And, uh, you know, obviously, I, I mean, I met cops, too. I mean, I was one myself. But this was just an utter absurdity. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez constantly talks about things she knows very little, if not nothing, about. So she's at a speech yesterday, and she decides she's going to opine on the quality of the VA, um, our veterans' healthcare system run by the government, where I just want to note, Uh, According to a 2015 VA uh, IG report, 300,000 vets, uh, uh, upwards of 300,000 vets, died awaiting care on VA waiting lists. This is a 2015 IG report. But she thinks the VA is just spectacular. So check out This Is AOC again opining on something she knows little to nothing about.
1: Well, don't think. I mean, Exactly. Don't. Think. And that is what—that is the entire open, and that is the entire opening and approach that we have seen when it comes to privatization. Is the idea that this thing that isn't broken, this thing that provides some of the highest quality care to our veterans, somehow needs to be fixed, optimized, tinkered with until? until we don't even recognize it anymore. And here's the thing, they are trying to fix it. But who are they trying to fix it for, this is the question we gotta ask. And this is who they're trying to fix it for. They're trying to fix the VA for pharmaceutical companies, they're trying to fix the VA for insurance corporations, and ultimately they're trying to fix for a for-profit healthcare industry that does
0: not put people or veterans first. And so we have a responsibility to protect it. Uh, is there a more out-of-touch political figure on the scene today than Representative Ocasio-Cortez? I'm serious. Well, maybe Bernie, after that absurdity opening up the show, that, that, that grotesquely offensive statement about the Boston bomber, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, it may be a competition here. But in the middle of that, I'm not sure if you caught it. She says the VA, it's it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah, yeah, we caught that. Did, Joe, did she miss the nationally, inter, internationally publicized scandal just years ago under the Obama administration about the VA waiting lists? Where veterans, veterans, the best of us, the people who put their, literally their lives on, them, not figuratively, people who have died, people who have come back wounded, the wounded that come back, people who come back who've served, who have medical issues, need health care, have died Mm -hmm. on waiting lists. They died. This was not a, you can Google this. You're a member of Congress. You can Google this. There are families out there who've watched people go into combat situations and serve in our military who are now sitting around at Easter dinners with an empty table because their loved one is dead, dead because they were on a waiting list. This isn't a joke. It's not some kind of hyperbolic, exaggerated story for effect. They're dead, Miss Ocasio-Cortez, dead. In a box, six feet under, after serving you and our country and everyone else so you can go up there and give speeches and not have to worry about political attacks and a foreign invasion. Did you miss that story? Did you miss the six months of coverage about the waiting list at the VA? Did you miss the GAO report where the VA was flagged as a high-risk agency for gross mismanagement? You missed the the, the thousands of lives thrown away, evaporated, gone, because they had to sit on a waiting list because the government couldn't get its head out of its collective caboose? Oh my gosh, how out of touch. If it's not broke, don't fix it. They're dead. People died. Again, I have been very fair to Representative Ocasio-Cortez. It's very hard to win a seat in Congress. I know, I ran. But you have to know stuff now. People listen to you. She's got millions of followers on Twitter who hang on her every word, who now are going to believe that the VA isn't broke, so there's no need to fix it. Like, to fix, what What are they good at, coffin making? People died. She doesn't know anything. And did people hang on her, and I don't care that she's 29 or was a bartender. I really don't care. I'm sure there are a lot of bartenders out there studying for advanced degrees in New York trying to make some money who are probably pretty smart who probably know and saw the story that the VA was so mismanaged that people died. But she's not one of them. It's not because she was a bartender because she's 29. It's because she doesn't know or she does know and she's lying. It's binary, folks. Either AOC doesn't know anything and talks about it anyway, ignorantly, or she does know that veterans died and she just ignores the problem completely as if the snuffing out of their lives on a waiting list is entirely irrelevant to her advancing her political agenda. There is no option C. Either she doesn't know or she does know and she is a liar stomping on the graves of people who died for a political agenda. This is gross. It's got nothing to do with her. I'm telling you, I know a lot of 29 year olds who are really smart. Yeah. She on this issue is not on the economy. She is not on healthcare. She is not on world history. She is not on foreign policy. She is not. She. I mean, there are interviews with her, with Margaret Hoover. Can you tell us about the situation basically in Israel and, and with uh, with the Palestinians? She's like, well, I'm not really that well-versed on foreign affairs. Okay, just don't talk about it then. But she talks about things as if she has some deep body of knowledge and she knows nothing. If it isn't broken, don't fix it. My gosh. Man. All right. Moving on. Speaking of more liberal lies, like I told you, less <laughs> is a stacked video uh, audio show today. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> CNN town hall was just an endless, endless parade of lies and nonsense. That AOC thing was not from the town hall; that was from something different. But we had the Bernie Sanders let the Boston Bar- Marathon savage vote uh, clip. Now th- this is another one from Kamala Harris running for president, senator from California, where she just makes something up. Okay, yeah, but let me uh, just give you some background on the clip. So the Nick system. The National Instant Check System, which when you go to buy a firearm, it's basically you fill out the form. They check you in that system to make sure you're not a prohibited possessor. Right. Dishonorably discharged, domestic violence, felon in the country illegally. Um, You you bought a firearm. You know what I mean. You fill out the form and they check you in the check system. So Kamala Harris, in trying to take a cheap political shot at Donald Trump, gives this answer I'm about to play in the CNN town hall when asked a question about the Trump administration firearms. And she insinuates that, gosh, this Trump is so bad for for gun laws and everything and so bad for gun control. Look, he took 500,000 people out of the instant check system that wouldn't have been able to buy guns. Oh, my gosh. Check this out.
1: Part of what has happened under the current administration is they took fugitives off the list of prohibited people, i put them back on the list, meaning that fugitives from justice should not be able to purchase a handgun or any kind of weapon. So that's what I'd do. Would this be your first executive action as president? Well, it depends on what else happens. That would be after, 100 Congress- day, that, that'd be after 100 days. Let's see what happens in the first.
0: Mm. hat tip Brian Savedra for that clip by the way okay so again we're this is a you know I have a check out my notes I want to show you I have it like blocked off you see those lines on it <laughs> yes. I have it blocked off into like spygate stuff and then just general liberal stupidity stuff <laughs> so in the liberal stupidity I had the Bernie story and I don't know how to like bounce back and forth because there's so much juicy material I had the Aoc stuff um on this one on Kamala Harris let's just establish what she said to show you how liberals just Again, like AOC, either one, don't know anything, or two, they do, and they're just lying to you. And people clap. Yeah. This is great. Donald Trump did not take 500,000 people out of the gun check system to allow them to buy guns when they were prohibited. But somebody did play this cut of Democrat Senator from California, Diane Feinstein, Questioning a senior official at the FBI about who exactly took those 500,000 people out of the gun uh, firearm purchase check system. Next, check this out.
1: It's my understanding that under federal law, fugitives cannot legally purchase or possess guns. Um, We've heard from local law enforcement that the Justice Department has issued a memo that forced the FBI NICS background check database to drop more than 500,000 names of fugitives with outstanding arrest warrants because it was uncertain whether those fugitives had fled across state lines. Uh, Mr. Bowditch, can you describe why this determination was made by the Justice Department?
0: Yes, ma'am. Uh, That was a decision that was made under the previous administration. It was the Department of Justice's Office of Legal Counsel that reviewed the law and, and believed that it needed to be interpreted so that if someone was a fugitive in a state, there had to be indications that they had crossed state lines Otherwise, they were not known to be a fugitive under the law and the way it was interpreted.
1: Curses foiled again.
0: (laughs) Dave Bowditch. You hear what he said? Yes. Under the previous administration. That was the Obama administration, Senator Harris. Again, you're running for president. Are you even concerned with knowing stuff like anything? (laughs) Let's go back to the binary equation, Joe. Yeah, man. Senator Kamala Harris, U.S. Senator from California, one of our biggest states, economic powerhouse in California, either one, doesn't know anything, or two, does know, and she's lying to you. It was not the Trump administration that did that. It was the Obama administration. And (laughs) people, clapping like a bunch of uh, barking seals. Jesus Christ. It was the Obama team. Do you guys even do facts? Bruh. Remember the bruh? Hey, bruh. Don't tase me, bruh. Do you guys even do facts, bruh? (laughs) Ever? Oh, my gosh. How, How do you vote Democrat? I'm sorry. How do you do this? I, I forgive me because I opened up the show saying, uh, "Listen, I wasn't making that argument political. I was making a moral one about Bernie." Now I'm fully in the political realm on this <laughs> Here stuff. We go. How do you vote Democrat, right, Joe? They <laughs> get nothing right ever. No, there is nothing they get right. Taxes are going to cause the government to lose money. Actually, the government gained uh, generated a ton of revenue under the Bush and Reagan tax cuts. Ah, uh, you're a racist. <laughs> healthcare. Well, we got to model our healthcare system after a. Uh, You know, Sweden and Denmark, actually Sweden and Denmark in this country are starting to reintroduce private health care because the government's failing their people. You're a misogynist! (laughs) The public schools are really successful. Actually, there's been no significant improvement in public school test scores uh, despite a 400% increase in funding since 1974. You hate immigrants! Kamala Harris. Donald Trump took 500,000 felons out of the firearm system so they could buy guns. Actually, that was the Obama administration. You don't like women or puppies or babies or anyone else. Do you guys ever get any, do you do facts? <laughs> <laughs> dude, do they do facts, dude. Joe? Do they do facts and data? Does it even matter? No, dude. Oh my gosh. You know I, what? I, I've, I, I always wish I thought of that line first, that Shapiro line facts. Don't care about your feelings. That's like yes. Ben Shapiro's tagline. It's so good. Cause it's so true. These are just, Easily research facts. This Ryan Saavedra on Twitter it probably took him two seconds to put that out there. <laughs> it was the Obama administration that did that. My gosh, do you guys even, and ladies, do you even do reality anymore? What world do you live in? Is this bizarro Superman land? Is this the George Costanza Seinfeld episode? Where the Brian Stelter, <laughs> George Costanza, where he goes and does everything backwards and you think it's going to work out. Remember, he like curses out the boss and gets a promotion. It's not going to work out that way. You curse out the boss, you're going to get fired. You have to start doing facts. I will be here for you on this show <laughs> yeah. with Joe and Paula to pull video because I assure you this next year and a half of this election cycle, this is just the beginning, folks is going to be full of mistruths, outright lies, deception, gaslighting. It is going to be the Democrat model from this point on. They are going to lie about everything. But don't worry. I've got you prepared on the show, which reminds me, by the way, please go pick up Matt Palumbo's book. He writes for me at my website. He's the smartest researcher out there. He has a book available now. It's coming out very shortly for pre-order on Amazon. I wrote the forward to it. It's called Debunk This. You've probably read the "Debunks This section of my website. He does all of that. He is the finest researcher. He debunks every stupid liberal myth you've ever heard. He writes in one book. It is your pamphlet for the next election. Do not go anywhere without ordering Matt's book. Matt Palumbo, P-A-L-U-M-B-O, like Palumbo, Debunk This it's available on Amazon. Get it, pick it up. You do not vote without reading this book. It's your guide to debunking <laughs> stupid liberal myths. <laughs> Debunk this. Go check it out. Available on Amazon. My buddy Matt does some great work for him. Check out Debunk This on the website. My wife's reminding me I got to uh, one more ad. Thank you, uh, Miss Paula. Always good, to keep me on track. Last week I almost forgot one. Right, Joe? Yeah. I was so into the show I just like. Buy it. We got to pay for the show too. Yeah. All right, at last they This. Is, Great company. We love GenuCell. Everybody in the family uses it. I got to use it, too. You know, TV, you can't have, like, your skin falling apart. My mother-in-law loves it. Have you ever seen my mother-in-law? She looks so young because of GenuCell products. You ever say, hey, I wish this double chin would just go away? Well, this Mother's Day, your wish is our command with GenuCell's outrageous Mother's Day sale. It is outrageous. They are giving you so much money off on this. Double chins, sagging jawlines, and turkey necks, Joe loves that, are real problems. Yeah. Until now, introducing the new GenuCell jawline treatment formulated with MDL technology. Here's an email we got from Robin from Lubbock, Texas. I put the jawline cream on my neck two or three days ago. It's the best my neck has looked in over 20 years. Several people told me my face looks young. I am blown away. Sure, you could do expensive or harsh treatments to look younger, but why would you do that? From now until Mother's Day, the GenuCell jawline treatment is yours absolutely free when you order the classic genucell for eye bags and puffiness and with this instant with and with its instant effects see results for the first 12 hours i've had to use this stuff a couple of times for early morning fox and friends mm. if you want those puffy eyes you look tired and it's guaranteed or your money back go to genucell.com that's g e n u c e l genucell.com or text young that's how you'll look to 77453 text young to 77453 a surprise mothers day premium gift with all orders text young to 77453 Or visit genusell.com. That's genusell.com. Okay. All right. Getting back to our just crazy liberal ideas. I don't even know this guy's political ideology, but this is one of the craziest things I've ever heard. Um, There's a story up at The Blaze about the Dallas Attorney General. uh, Headline, Dallas DA says he won't prosecute low-level crimes like theft and felony drug possession. It's not a joke. I'm not laughing. It's a story from April 21st, 2019. Um, I had it up in yesterday's show notes. Please check it out. So the Dallas AG, what is his name? John Crusoe. Uh, John Crusoe. I had to look it up. I wrote it on the, I was going to get to it yesterday. Is now not going to prosecute these low-level crimes is the essence of it. Uh, even things like property theft. Uh, this, Folks, this is insane. Um, listen, I'm, I'm a libertarian at heart. And I certainly believe in, in uh, constraints on on, on out-of-control policing or anything else, uh, but I'm also a supporter of law enforcement enforcing the law. Those are not conflicting goals. Right. A constitutional republic cannot exist um, if we don't support our efforts of the police to prevent other people from taking away other people's liberties. You know, if the, if the cops allow me to rob Joe, then that's not a free society. Joe has no property rights because I just stole them. Mm-hmm. This is insane. This is a, this decision is insanity. I don't know what the Dallas Attorney General is thinking, or why the people of Dallas would vote for a guy who did this. But I want to just give you a little bit of insight from my experience as a police officer and a police cadet uh, from 1995 to 1999 with the NYPD. And the reason I believe my experience is a little a little bit unique in, in this, at least in this talk space here, is because I lived through the transition in New York City from that model. To the broken windows model of policing. Now I know Joe enjoys this stuff. Uh, Mm -hmm. Joe likes when we talk about the police stuff. I lived through it. When I first got on the police department as a cadet, we were getting away from decades of New York City, a policing model, where I kid you not, ladies and gentlemen, the model was you basically turned a blind eye to low-level crimes like the Dallas Attorney General does. The thought process there, so I can explain it to you, was, listen, we need our officers out there on patrol, and if you arrest someone for smoking a joint in a high-crime area, Joe, that police officer is taken off the streets for upwards of four to five hours to process the arrest, maybe gives them a desk appearance ticket or whatever, the man or woman arrested. Okay. But you're not there to stop the rape or the robbery or the burglary or, God forbid, the murder, uh, the assault. Right. Right. You're not there to stop that, and you know at first glance that may seem to make some sense. You you track me. Yeah, this yeah. is important. Bring in the guy smoking weed or the woman, and you're not out there to stop that murder or assault. Ladies and gentlemen, what was the problem with that line of thinking? Joe gets the cheat because he already knows it. The guy smoking the joint is the guy who's involved in the rape or the robbery or the murder Mm. an overwhelming number of times. The theory adopted by Jack Maple and others in the New York city police department, who was the uh, first uh, deputy commissioner at the time was called broken windows that when you let a window break in the community and you don't replace it eh, relatively minor, right? Joe broken window. It, it leads to a perception of chaos in the community and disorder that infects the entire community and eventually leads to some form of civil breakdown and a threat to public safety. The idea is if you fix the window right away, a minor problem. In other words, if you arrest the weed smoker or the turnstile jumper mm-hmm. and you stop them at the scene, that that is the guy who's going to be the rapist or the murderer or the burglar. I lived through this with the NYPD. It was, uh, ladies and gentlemen, those New York City cops listening who lived through it too, you remember this. Because in the initial stages where they pushed for this, the Jack Maple and others said, no, no, you guys are now going to go out and you're going to lock up low-level people. When we used to bring in people for turnstile jumping in the 7-5 and the 3-2 precinct in northern Manhattan near Harlem, I'm telling you. The desk uh, guards, they were sergeants on the desk at the time. It's, you know, the desk sergeant would look at you like you were crazy. And we were like, I thought we were supposed to do this. Desk sergeant would be like, you're bringing me in a a guy smoking a joint or jumping a turnstile. Like, are you serious, dude? Get back in the street and go get the bad guy. This took a long time. It took years to transition. But when they finally did in the mid nineties and they transitioned fully to broken windows. In other words, bring them in. You break the law, bring him in. You're caught defecating in the streets to circle back to San Francisco. Bring him in. What happened, Joe? Eventually the yeah. the defecator was the burglar. And if he's in jail, Joe, he's not doing what? He's not burglarizing burglar the house. Yeah. He's not burglaring. Yeah. He's defecating. <laughs> and he's doing it in a bathroom in a jail cell. <laughs> yes. The defecator was the burglar. Defecator, burglar. Defecator, burglar. It was the same guy. (laughs) It was a genius theory of policing. The crime rate in New York City, I kid you not, was like halved in a decade. Do you know how many people are, I, I, I am not exaggerating, are alive right now. Who would have been dead in gang shootings, shootings, robberies, assaults, women who would have been raped, homes who would have been burglarized. That did not happen because the people who are going to do it were put in jail for drinking in public or jumping a turnstile. Rudy Giuliani swept those streets clean like that. Times Square transformed itself overnight. Brothels turned into hotels. Porn stores turned into the Disney store. It was the most amazing transformation I have ever seen. I tell you this now to the people of Dallas and anyone else thinking of replicating this ridiculously stupid model of we're just going to let low-level stuff go. You are making a huge mistake. You love your city, Dallas? You vote for who you want. But this guy, you better start emailing his office stat. Because I'm telling you right now, you give it five, six, seven years, if this is allowed to take hold and fester, your city will be complete utter chaos. This is a huge mistake. Dallas will have the defecator human waste map up like the San Francisco picture. And like Joe said, concentrated in black in the areas of extra heavy defecation. Woo. The defecator is the burglar. Dude. Not all the time, but enough times that when you lock them up, they're not burglarizing a house in significant enough numbers that you won't have to come home to a tragedy we woke up to one day when our house was broken into. That really happened. It was really awful. It's a sense of violation. I could never walk in my house the same way again. You don't ever want to go through that. And if that's the guy who jumps a turnstile and he's in jail, he ain't breaking into my house. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a really, really bad idea. And it doesn't mean we're sponsoring, you know, any kind of out of control police. It's not what we're saying. I'm a supporter of police officers. I'm a supporter of the rule of law. I'm also a supporter of a a hard allegiance to civil liberties in our Constitution. But these are not conflicting goals. You jump a turnstile when everyone paid, you broke the law. Go to jail, sit there for an hour, get a desk appearance ticket, and pull him off the street. Now he's not on the train robbing people or she. It's not hard to figure out. It's a really bad idea. I'm humbly asking you to respectfully email and call the office the Attorney General in Dallas, we do things the right way here, and tell them what an awful, awful, horrendous idea this is. I love Dallas. I've been there many, many times. My wife and I both, Paula, isn't it beautiful? Stayed in a number of hotels over there, eating in a bunch of the world's premier steakhouses. Do not let this happen to your city. I watched it. It will happen to you. You'll have the defecation map up soon. All right, folks, <laughs> thanks again. Sorry about all the references, thing, but it's just, this is actually happening. Yeah. No one wants to talk about human waste. It's actually happening. It is a real show about the real world. And this, unfortunately, is actually going on. All right, I always appreciate your listenership. Please subscribe to our video channel, youtube.com Bongino. And our audio show, you always uh, come first for me, on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, Amazon Alexa, Google Home, you can listen to our show on podcast. It's free. Please subscribe. It helps us move up the charts. We really appreciate it. And again, in honor of uh, the victims of the Boston bombing, I just want to go out today uh, on a little bit of a somber note. You know, you didn't deserve this, and you so, certainly didn't deserve Bernie Sanders recommending that the guy who killed your loved ones and maimed others, he doesn't deserve the right to vote in this country. You're lucky he deserves the right to live. i leave it at that. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud, and follow Dan on Twitter 24 7 at DBongino.